For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. Now, I before I thank Home Instead, our wonderful sponsors, I want to mention I just want to do a shout out to our our fabulous producer, Roy Bryan, because I found out just minutes before the show that we have made it to the top women's shows on Player FM. Like, we're not even at the bottom of the list. We're pretty high up there. I didn't know what the number was, but I just saw it, and I was so excited that I wanted to share that and acknowledge my wonderful producer at TogiNet, Roy Bryan. Okay, so now let me thank our sponsors. Home Instead Senior Care recruits the most devoted caregivers. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable, providing senior home care services in your loved one's home. Okay, now I get to do one more really fun thing today. Scott Kadersha, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here, Kathy. Okay, so if you missed our other episode, we did Wholehearted Marriages, Conversations for the Strong at Heart, And I went into a lot of background about how I found out about Scott, how lucky I am to get him to be our guest on our show, and a little bit about his book. And and now we are going to go into depth about how to take a marriage that might be on life support, or if you're about to get married and you don't want to make the same mistakes you've been watching other people make, how to do that. And Scott is just full of information. He wrote a book called, in case, I just want you to have the name of the book. I have it right here. Ready or not, 12 conversations. Help me, Scott. I, I have all yeah, these papers stacked here and I just don't do a good job of keeping. Oh, here it is. 12 conversations every couple needs to have before marriage. Okay. There, I found it. Good for me. Scott, thank you for being on the show. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I have uh, I have things I want to ask you, so I'll start there. I don't want to forget to share. I pull the – you can tell I'm ruffling through all my papers. I've got your table of contents in front of me because I thought it was hilarious. I also have five non-negotiables of commu- co- communication and conflict resolution from page 43. So before we get done talking, I want to share those with our people, our friends that are listening in. But here's what I want to start with. Good marriages ripple out to church and community. I know what it's like to be in a hurting marriage. That's why Dave and I wrote the book we did. Um, What can we do to help other believers in our churches? How do we figure this out so marriages are thriving and having better conversations? And Scott, I know you know the answer to this. Yeah, the, the part of the challenge is we have no good models on what it looks like to have a good marriage. 
And so, you know, we look to the things that are right in front of us, which is, you know, if it's going to be television, it's going to be TV. We're going to learn how to do marriage from The Bachelor, from social media, Ooh. from, you know, we're watching Harry and Meghan. We're, we're learning from everyone around us. And, and it's, it's often a poor model of what marriage looks like. Or we'll look at our parents and maybe our mom and dad are divorced. Maybe they're still married, but they're miserable. Third thing we do is we look at friends and, and we wonder if anyone has a good marriage around us. And, and this is where the church has such a really amazing, unique opportunity to give a, a real honest picture of marriage, not a fake one, not a, uh, not a self-protecting, like I'm going to put a, a good face on the outside, but be miserable on the inside, but, but a real honest, encouraging, hopeful picture of marriage. And, and God designed his church to be a place where we find hope, where we find healing, where we can be strengthened. And so the church really needs to, to step up in this area and not point people away from the church, but draw people in to help us grow healthy marriages. I love that. You know, my favorite evangelism verse is, by this will all men know you're my disciples, that you love one another. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think that's a secret, a key. I mean, people are complaining about churches dwindling and dying in their communities. And then I look at churches like Harris Creek or Watermark, Church in Dallas, where men that reengage started that program that I just love, uh, mm -hmm. that where couples come alongside other couples and just talk and be real. So yeah. I think I think you're onto something with that. I really do. I think the more we, I, I'm seeing it. As soon as Dave and I started saying out loud to our friends, you know, we're struggling. This is not working for us. We're actually we're Christians and we're talking about getting divorced because we're so mad at each other all the time. So I think that was one reason I loved your non-negotiables of communication and conflict resolution. Number one is seek to understand, not win. <laughs> when I read that, I just laugh. I don't know how many years in my marriage I thought if I won the argument, I had somehow persuaded David. And all I was doing was yeah. convincing him to be mad at me and hurt. I wasn't I wasn't persuading him of anything. Yeah, we raise our voice. We try to win. We, uh, it's everything like to, to put our agenda first. Uh, you know, Proverbs eighteen twelve, eighteen two. Sorry, says a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his or her opinion. And I love that verse because uh, I don't uh. want to be a fool, but I want to serve my wife. I want to love her. I want to put her needs before my own. I want to sacrifice and be selfless, not just win. And everything around us tells us to win, raise our voice, go first, be the victor. And, and God's way is just so different. You know, instead it says we're going to put the needs of the other first. And I'm not going to be a fool. I'm going to seek to understand my spouse. You know, that really draws out a couple of these others. And we don't have time to go into them all. But learn to communicate and resolve conflict in a selfless way instead of selfish, which is where I get in trouble. Uh, be quick to listen. You know, I was having trouble. I didn't even know how to ask the right questions. So number four, change the way you view conflict. I call it conversational adventures now. I go into a lot of detail about that in my book, Marriage Conversations and also The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversation. Um, but my favorite one on that list, because I, call, I said this in the other podcast, I call myself an expert on sin, 
Mm -hmm. You know, communication. No, I learned the. I was supposed to be an expert on communication, but I had to learn the hard way. But number five is become an expert in forgiveness. And that is, I, I am still collecting information about forgiveness. There may be a forgiveness book in my future as much as I've read up on that. I don't know what it is about my heart, Scott, but I just have been like a sponge for that. It may be the people I'm in contact now with, amazing people. My friend Deborah Butterfield came on the show and talked about forgiving her ex-husband who had been the stepfather of her daughter and sexually abused her daughter. Mm-hmm. So she, when she talked about forgiveness, man, I was paying attention. I was taking notes, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I love it that you, what you said about forgiveness in your book made me so happy. So talk to us a little bit about how that looks in marriage. Yeah, I'll give, I think I could do that best by giving a, me really vulnerable and talk about something that's a little sensitive that's from recent, but you know, my wife had, uh, had COVID in January four, my kids, three, three of my kids had at the same time. Uh, and so I was really quarantined by myself and I, I was downstairs in our guest bedroom, lonely, bored one night and pulled out my phone and I, I, I looked at something I shouldn't have looked at. And uh, it's been a while since that, that's been part of my story, but um, I sat on it for a couple of days, was ashamed, you know, mm-hmm. was, I was quarantined, so I had nobody to talk to you and there's no excuses. I was just a fool. I was an idiot, selfish, sinful. And uh, a couple of days later, I finally, I just had to confess to Kristen and she modeled everything that you just said, everything that's in the book about forgiveness. Uh, she wasn't happy with me, but she forgave me because she, she knows what it's like to live as a forgiven person. I know what it's like to live as a forgiven person. It's not easy. It doesn't mean you forgive and forget. But she uh, modeled again just what it looks like to, to pursue and to follow Jesus by forgiving me. And, uh, you know, we're, we had to rebuild trust, and we're doing so great. But she uh, mm. she shows me what it's like to walk like Jesus. And I, I hope I do the same. I hope your listeners do. I hope, you know, it's, it's, it's Ephesians 4.32. We forgive in the same way that God has forgiven us through Christ Jesus. And... Uh, not easy, but that's the way that we get the privilege of, of living as followers of Jesus Christ. I think one of the things that we're going to we're going to have to go to break here in just a few seconds. But I, I just want to say a couple things and then we're going to talk some more about this when we come back. One thing is I've discovered and learned to understand and I'm still pursuing more information about this in my life. Translating this into my heart, but all condemnation for other people is rooted in my own self-condemnation. So I'm really sensitive now not to condemn myself because I fail or or disappoint myself by getting pulled into some old sin. Um, and the second thing I want to say about what you shared, thank you, by the way, for being so vulnerable. Yeah. The second thing is we're getting bombarded by images and all kinds of junk, just junk, just evil, sad junk that is coming not just to grown men, not just to women, but to our baby children. And so I want to mention Fight for Love by Rosie McKinney. She did a show with me, an interview, and she was phenomenal. And especially in your marriage ministry, if you're not familiar with her work, you're going to want to pick that up. Endorsed by my our mutual friend, Josh McDowell, just amazing woman and uh, ministry that she and her husband have. Fight for Love. I'm telling you that because, Scott, that is one of the biggest 
downloads on our podcast is the stuff we've done on pornography. Mm-hmm. We have another friend who talks, uh, David How, Dave Howe, and his wife Barb were on the show. And those those episodes about how, how to rebuild trust when your husband has gotten or your wife has gotten pulled into pornography and how to protect your children. Those are some of the biggest downloads we have. So I know this is a huge thing and nobody's talking about it. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, Scott and I are going to keep talking about the topics that are so tough in marriage. And we're just going to let you in on a secret. You are not alone. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door. And the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then the well, the art of drawing out authentic conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. We're talking to Scott Kadersha, and I want to just mention, if I can, well, it's going to take me a second to pull it back up. Scott, give us your website address and your church website address. Sure, it's scottkadersha.com, uh, so K-E-D-E-R-S-H-A, scottkadersha.com, and then the church is Harris Creek in Waco, Texas, or McGregor, Texas, harriscreek.org. Perfect. Thank you. I know I have that listed here somewhere. I want to talk a little bit, bit about hard hearts, and the example I'm going to use is I always have this paranoia that I'm going to drop dead of a heart attack in a parking lot. I don't know why. It's just kind of quirky. So on a regular basis, I go in and I have the doctors check me over. And I mean, it's gotten to be almost a joke. 
And so they're like, I think they think I'm a hypochondriac. Maybe I am. Anyway, I just got my heart checked and I have a tiny bit of calcification, but not nothing like I thought I might have. I was so overjoyed. All my reports came back so great. But I'm always aware of cholesterol, right? And the calcification that happens. And I was thinking about hard heartedness and the way I know this because and sometimes I talk about this on air. So brace yourself. But I had an abortion. I've I've shared a lot of that story on other podcasts. So if you're listening in and that, that resonates with you, please look for that. I have several friends who've come on the show to talk about their post-abortion syndrome or, or um, yeah, PAS. So please come, you know, look for those if you're if that is something that you you are struggling with. But because of, and I'm going to skip over that kind of quick today. Because of that, though. I've held, had to deal with a lot of shame. I know the effects of shame and also uh, self-condemnation. And I and just knowing that I'm worthy and that Jesus paid for me. He didn't expect me to get perfect and then he would pay for me. He just paid for me because I was worthy to I was valuable to him in my least self-valuable state. Well, anyway, um, so, but what I, the way I see it is like shame is the cholesterol in our system that sticks in our hearts and makes our hearts hard. Because when we feel ashamed, we start hiding from each other. And that is just like death to relationships. So I'm really excited about what you shared. I'm very excited that you, uh, the what you wrote about forgiveness was so inspiring to me, Scott. So I, I didn't want to forget to, to keep talking to you and getting some wisdom from you about how to engage our husband's hearts when they, when we can view our husband and see he's got a hard heart somewhere in this picture, there's probably some shame or self condemnation or low valuing of himself. The person I love and value so much. So I'm going to read a quick quote and then I'm going to just turn you loose to talk about that with us. Okay. So here's what Scott said. Get really good at apologizing and asking for forgiveness. Be specific in your apologies. That's from page 49. My, you know, I told you I'm an expert on sin. My son, I love to quote him because he's so funny. He goes, he says, I'm an expert on asking forgiveness because I've had to do so much of it. (laughs) (laughs) But if every man could go into his marriage with that skill set, how great would that be? Yeah. Would change marriages if husbands and wives would, yeah, would be experts in forgiveness. That's for sure. Yeah, and the you know, so you talked about guilt and shame. Guilt is is feeling bad about something you've done. Shame is more of a. Not only do I feel bad about what I've done, but it becomes it's how it, I get defined. And so I'm a pervert. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a uh, you know um, a drug addict. Our identity becomes wrapped up in something we've done. And so, you know, you asked specifically, ladies, how can you help your husband? And I'll give you a couple thoughts on that. One is just to remind them of what's right and true. And, uh, you know, that if, if your husband is, is a follower of Jesus Christ, he is not defined by his sin. He's defined by Jesus. And so mm. reminding him of, of what's right and true there, that that his heart is, is not, uh, if he's a follower of Christ, he's a new creation. He has a, a new heart. That doesn't mean he's going to stop sinning. Or stop struggling, but he's defined not by sin, but by Jesus. And, and then, you know, I'm also thinking of uh, 
First Peter three one and two that you can uh, you can nag your husband to death and it's not going to change him. You know, First Peter three one and two mm-hmm. says that we win over your husband not by your words but by your Christ like conduct. And so the way that you can help soften that heart is to be like Christ. And I would and I'm not just picking on the women. I would tell the same thing to a guy that if you. If you are a, a Christian guy married to a, a woman who's struggling or who's not a believer, you're going to win them over, not by nagging them, but by your conduct. And so things like, you know, I think of another verse is, you know, James 4, 6, or First Peter 5, 5, God opposes the proud, but gives grace or shows favor to mm. the humble. And so what does it look like for you not to, to be prideful when your husband is stuck in sin, but to be somebody who's humble? And we want, you know, it says God opposes the proud. I don't want God working against me. I want to work with him. I want him working with me, not against me. And so as you seek to love your husband, if he's got a hard heart, it's win him over by your conduct, by praying for him, by reminding him of truth, by bringing others in. And so you're not in this alone. You're bringing community in alongside of you to Mm -hmm. help you. And then just to be humble, realizing that, you know, you've got your own stuff as well. And that's hard to hear often, uh, you know, and then, and then mm-hmm. the other thing I'd say is, is to be an expert in forgiveness, like we just talked about. And, and I'm so grateful for the ways that Kristen models that. And I hope I do the same for her. And we try to do that for our kids as well. Yes. Yeah. We should, like you said about your son, we all should be experts in forgiveness because we have to ask it and we grant it. And as followers of Christ, we ought to be different than the rest of the world, the way that the rest of the world is. I think one thing that is clear to me, like I actually know at least one person who told me they never heard their dad apologize for anything. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, when I heard that, I was just like, oh, my goodness. So when the dad finally apologized, it was like a fake apology. And that's why it yeah. came up, because yeah. the the. The guy recognized my dad's not really apologizing to me. So uh, he's just mad and he's just saying something that sounds kind of spiritual, but it isn't. So yeah. I was I was I was really impressed by my friend that could recognize that. But it also kind of broke my heart. My my dad was the sweetest man. He was a recovering alcoholic the last 30 years of his life. But the first, you know, 50, he he, he was he was fun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but he did apologize. He apologized sincerely along the way. I mean, I think I learned a lot from him about certainly in the first, you know, 50 years of his life, we learned about humility. But in the last 30, oh, my God, goodness, he was he was like Jesus when it came to being uh, humble. He was just. Yeah. I and mean, it was so transformative to see the way the Lord got a hold of him in his later years. And I'm so grateful for that. I, I always think it's never too late for if it, if a guy happens to be if you're listening in today and you're a guy and you're just wondering what do the, what do women talk about what's interesting to them please know a hard heart is the reason for divorce and so if you can find some guy friends who can help you soften your heart even if your wife is making you crazy you know men always tell me well my wife's crazy and I think oh no she's distressed cuz crazy <clears throat> and distressed look a lot alike from a guy's point of view but women that are, uh, I know how it feels when you feel like your marriage is falling apart, you get really stressed and distressed and ang- uh, angry and scared and hurt. And that looks like, 
men interpret that as my wife is crazy when really she's just really giving you feedback. Like this is the reality here. You know, we have a reason to be worried because this is not working. So uh, anyway, if if any guys are listening in, I just throw that in. It always surprises me. Men listen to this show, Scott. Of course, today with you as a guest, I'm sure we will get some men listening. So welcome to, we love it when men listen in. So you're our listening friends too. And we're glad you're with us. Um, what do you want to share? I know we're going to run out of time. Do you have one pearl of wisdom you want to pass along? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. The last, you know, the, the, I'd say outside of what I shared initially about marriage being a great gift, changing the message we give about marriage. I think the other big one is, is the importance of community, of, of being involved with other couples who can help you grow your marriage. You know, yeah. we, you mentioned up front, Kathy, our move from Dallas to Waco. And so we lived in Dallas for 18 years, had amazing friends, uh, great mm-hmm. church, great schools, loved my job and the church we were part of. But we made the decision to move to to Waco, uprooting our kids, uprooting our home, our lives. And, and I give so mm-hmm. much of the credit for that decision to this other these other four couples who we were in community with. They knew our challenges. They knew our strengths. They prayed for us. They loved loved us really well. And, and those four couples, we spent you know a lot of time together the last thirteen years prior to moving here. I can't imagine how you know raising our kids without them, making financial decisions, mm. making job decisions, dealing with our sin. We're so we're all so prideful. We don't want to let others in. And I would say whatever anyone who's listening needs to do to take that step as a married couple to find other marriages to help grow one another. If we don't, we're missing out on one of God's greatest provisions. And so if I've, if I've got a megaphone and I'm telling couples, whether you are pre-married, newly married, married for 50 years or more and anything in between, do not do life alone. Get some other people around you who can help love you and become like Christ, and you get to help them as well. And if we don't, we're missing out on one of the greatest gifts God's given us. I love that. That is such a great note to to close on. There's a there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and if you can't right. find them, I really encourage you. If you're listening and you're wondering where am I going to find friends like that, go to that episode we did with Susan Cox and think about being that friend to everyone else by bringing reengage to your own church. Really, it could be changing your life and everybody's life around you. If you are like me and you're wondering, where is anybody I could talk to about this? You may have to be the person who starts talking. But I will tell you from experience, if you do that, you're going to find out there are a lot of people ready to have that conversation. Scott, I know you see that every day. Thank you so much for being on the show. I feel so privileged to get to interview you. Thank you, my friend. Great to get to spend time with you and uh, be a part of this of the ministry that you're doing in your show. Thanks. Okay, so you'll find all of this. You can go to Scott Kadersha or Harris Creek, or you can go to KathyCraffy.com, K-R-A-F-V-E, F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, and I'll put all the hyperlinks to Scott's stuff to make it really easy for you and all, to the shows and everything. So, Thank you for tuning in. Please spread the word. Don't forget, we have great books and great podcasts at at Camp Crafty, Truth with a Texas Twang. 
Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh.